Hello, this is Ken Ferry with this week's Boots in the Field Report. These past two weeks have been made to order for the life of corn and bean plants. Moderate temperatures, high ET rates, good sunshine, really making things pop. A lot of areas did receive some moisture to help as well, but some areas are getting concerned as the dry weather pattern seems to have set up. The past two weeks we had around 400 farmers through here from 25 states in Canada. And as always, we do a crop survey of the group. The best crop reports did come out of the southern states. And as harvest gets underway, they will soon be reporting, I think, some good yields uh, coming in in that first harvest. After the good reports from the south, though, the crop report crashed hard. In the 12 years of the Corn College crop reports, this by far was the bleakest. Many reports of late planting, tough planting conditions. We've never had a crop report with so much late planted preventive plant acres in the history of our Corn College event. Here locally this week in the fields, um, we checked that we're pollinated so we could do some solid kernel counts. Yield estimates range from 170 to 230. So again, uh, depending on what your perspective is, that is way under the norm, but it is, um, there is some, some potential for some pretty good corn out there. We checked out the pollination of that April-May planted corn, and we are seeing some pollination issues, mainly with the May planted corn that hit pollination in that five-day window of 105 to 115 heat index. Now this pollination is uh, not visible, so meaning you have to go and peel back some husk to actually identify it. So the pest teams are out there being sure to pull back a number of these years to get a good handle on how pollination went. Now there's nothing you can do about it uh, to fix it at this point, but it keeps us from running into some big surprises in the fall. We also did some uh, see some pollination issues in the April planted corn. Most of it was related to the unevenness that, that is in the April corn as well as the, un, the replant ponds, replant acres. Some of this was uh, due to heat, but uh, quite a bit of it actually was due to the Japanese beetle, the silk clipping. Um, so silk clipping and heat, uh, not a good mix, and it shows up in some of this April corn. Most of the April and May planted corn did hit thresholds on the GLS, and uh, most of the fields I visited this week were already sprayed if they were April, May. The June is just starting to pollinate this week, the June corn, and the forecast actually looks pretty good for, I think, a great pollination on this June corn. Uh, moderate temperatures. I don't see anything up there that's, um, that's going to be a problem, and we don't see a lot of wet conditions, which we'd like to have the rain, but wet conditions during pollination leads to issues with uh, pollination as well as ear rots and things like that. So the window of opportunity here to get this June corn pollinated I think looks good. Our highest yield goals right now are in the June corn, but we need to get it pollinated. And the big question is, you know, what number are we going to divide by? So how big are these kernels going to be? And that's going to take some time to get a handle on that. The spread of GLS has slowed some in the later corn in the dry weather areas, but most fields are lit up in that lower canopy and I suspect will have to be managed accordingly. The amount of physoderm brown spot in some of these fields is high, higher than I've seen uh, in, in any fields. And some hybrids that we're in this week, almost every plant uh, is showing some signs of it. 
So this is a, a potential problem. We actually did see the uh, brown spot moving into the nodes on some plants. So as we crack those nodes open, you can see we already have nodal entry of it. This is going to be a problem for harvestability. So I need the uh, pest teams to be looking for that and making sure you're taking note of that because they need to be moved up on your list when it comes to harvest uh, as far as you're going to have these plants snapping off at those lower nodes. This week I got a chance to go up in an airplane with David Feaster and fly around up north of Bloomington. It was an interesting flight. You know, from the ground, conditions have really improved the past few weeks, but from the air, boy, it, it still looks tough. The sins of spring are um, very prevalent out there. All the wheel tracks and all the replant and all the ponds, they all really stand out. One thing that surprised me was the amount of nitrogen deficiency that is showing up now in the corn from the air. Uh, it was prevalent in all planting dates, but the main common factor was one shot of early applied nitrogen. The fields that were not uh, side-dressed are the ones that are struggling. You could really pop out the fields that had been side-dressed and how deep and green that color was. So pest teams, if you have not been back into the fields with all the nitrogen put on up front ahead of those rains, you need to go back there now and take a second look. Put your drones up in the air and you will see pretty clearly the areas that are in trouble. Some of these could still be captured in time to probably change the outcome. The other thing that was unique was to see all of the tillage and seeding going on on the preventive plant fields as people race to get that cover crops in by the planting date. You get a good picture of how many preventive plant fields there are when you can see across the, the horizon for miles. And as those work fields being dark in color compared to all the green fields, they really pop out and dust flying everywhere as growers are trying to meet that deadline. Many uh, soybean fields that we're in this week are now at R4. A number of phone calls coming in from guys who had attended the field day saying they were glad they attended because they would have tried to rescue some of these fields without knowing that their 8-inch tall beans were already at R4. Most fields are at the point where rescues uh, from a herbicide standpoint are going to bite the yield if they damage the plant, the soybean plant any. In the next five to seven days, most beans will actually be as tall as they're going to get, which means that a lot of these 30-inch rows are not going to close. And in, in another 10 to 15 days after that, the water hemp is going to start to stick above the, the beans. And there's going to be an explosion in the amount of water hemp that's going to show up in this next 15 to 25-day period. One option which is kind of like a blast from the past, is to, is to use a rope wick on these fields. So dig out the rope wick if you still have it. If you don't, they still sell them. But might be an option in these wide rows to go out here and knock back some of these water hemp, slow them down a little bit, possibly, um, you know, to maybe at least nothing else, reduce the seed on them and take out some of these mares tail or slow them down as well. A lot of them, unfortunately, are going to have to go through the combine. This week we saw the first soybean aphids, only in one field, um, but it is something the pest teams need to be conscious of as they're doing their scouting. Um, I expect the arrival of spider mites in the areas where the water is short and the grass edges get mowed or turning brown, so we want to stay on top of that. 
these beans are at a stage where we do not want to wait until we can see stress. So we have to be you know, reactive to that. We have to be out there and be proactive and finding this, these pests before they actually induce stress. Stress that comes in that R4, R5 period we cannot come back from. So if your show, field is showing stress, uh, you've already given up yield and, and uh, we can't get it back which means pick up window scouting on these beans right now will not work. The other thing that I, I seem to, uh, a noticeable lack of out here in both the corn and the bean fields is our good predators. You know, like the lady beetle or lady beetle larva, lace wings, the, you just can't find them. I'm not sure, um, you know, what's happened to them, uh, but they are noticeably missing. As a lot of you are putting out your sticky traps in the soybeans to kind of monitor where the rootworm beetle are, when we look at those sticky traps, we don't see beneficials on there either. So I'm not sure what the reason is there, but what we do know that is Mother Nature is, is not going to help us uh, in the near future to offset some of these invasions that could take place. So none of these issues are, are beyond managing. We just have to bring our A game and stay on top of it. So don't forget to have someone guard the fort, uh, even when you take off on your summer vacation. So don't don't uh, don't let pests come in here and rob us from our mainly our bean size that we're going to be working with out there. The crew's finishing up sampling on the weed acres. Don't forget if you have any preventive plant acres uh, up for testing this fall, we'd like to catch them now. That would take some pressure off of the late harvest and the testing we'll do this fall. To stay up to date, check out our website at croptechinc.com and subscribe to our podcast, Boots in the Field Report. Keep her safe, keep her moving.